Welcome to the Mercy Talk podcast from Mercy Multiplied, where we are passionate about empowering you with biblical principles for growing in mental, emotional, and spiritual health and equipping you to share those principles with others. I am Melanie Wise, and joining me on this episode, I'm so excited to share with you all, is our founder and president here at Mercy, Nancy Alcorn. Nancy, so excited to have you here today. Hey, it's great to be here. I've got a lot to say, and and I'm excited that we have this opportunity to address some things that have happened in recent weeks that pertain directly to what we do here at Mercy. Yes, absolutely. I am so looking forward to this conversation today. I think it's a very timely one, a very important one. I know one that is very near and dear to your heart and has been for forever. Yes. And so again, just in light of some of the just significant things that have happened in the past weeks, even here in our country, um, I would love for you to just kind of jump into what we're going to talk about today. Okay, I will. Um, I know that if you're listening to this, you are very much aware that on June 24th of this year, 2022, that our Supreme Court in America made the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, which basically means it goes back to the individual states to decide. And already there's been a a significant number of states that have outlawed abortion. We've seen a a lot of the abortion clinics shut down. And uh, it still remains to be seen kind of this is not the end. This is just the beginning of what some people would call a fight. But here at Mercy, we do not call it a fight. We call it an opportunity Mm -hmm. to do good. Um, Most people um, have reacted and responded to this in a number of ways, but my response to it was to take time to pray and to seek God about what he would have us to do. Um, I will give you the history of Mercy very briefly. We started Mercy in 1983. We had one home in Louisiana at that time. Now we have uh, locations all across America and in other countries. But the first two years, we took every situation you could think of, uh, addiction, sexual abuse, eating disorders, every girls who are suicidal, you know, everything you could think of except unplanned pregnancy. Because I had this preconceived idea in my mind that I was very, yet very passionate about wanting to provide for young women facing an unplanned pregnancy. I wrongly thought, as I realized two years later when I got confronted by the Holy Spirit. But at that time in 83, when we first opened, I wrongly thought that we we needed a separate facility Mm -hmm. for young women facing an unplanned pregnancy, which makes sense. It does make sense. You know, (laughs) but, but, you know, the Lord, a lot of times he he challenges what you think makes sense Mm -hmm. and he makes his point of view make sense. Yep. So anyway, for the first two years, that was during the time that, there was a lot of, in the 80s, there was a lot of unrest on the streets, a lot of fighting uh, between uh, people that believed abortion was wrong versus people that believed that um, abortion was right. And there was, it was actually real fighting, like they were physical with each other. And the people that felt so strong about girls not getting abortion would actually go to abortion clinics across the country and this was especially strong in the south and they would literally lay their bodies across the abortion clinic doors trying to block young women from being able to go in and uh, get an abortion 
And any effort to help someone not get an abortion, I think, could be appreciated, maybe. But when I went to the Lord about that, because I was being challenged by this same group of people that were that were out there instigating all of this, uh, that I should be a part of it. So what, what happened is on a, a daily basis, and it got made national news, and one group called themselves Operation Rescue and all that. Uh, but what happened is the police would come and those people would get put in jail. And there were a few people that you never saw them unless the cameras were around, which speaks to motive, you know. Sure. And so I prayed about what my response should be to that because people were saying, you're, you, you're not doing anything unless you are willing to get thrown in jail for your beliefs. So I went to the Lord with that, Melanie. That was like in 1985. And I went to the Lord with it. And I said, do you want me to do this? And he said, immediately I heard the Lord say to me, no, I do not want you to do that. I'm not in that. That is not of my spirit. He said, have I not said in my word that I give people the freedom to choose? And I don't always like what people choose, but it's not my will to take away their choice. And it's also not my will for you to get thrown in jail, because how are you going to help people if you're in a jail cell? So I said, okay, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, mercy has, has been, this was 1985. He said, mercy's been in existence for, you know, a couple of years now. And he said this to me. I'll never forget it. He said, you go out and speak and you speak out against abortion. But he said, you're not doing one thing to help a young woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy. And he said, I have had young women call you and you've had to say, well, we will, that's in our vision and we're going to do that one day. And the Lord says, one day doesn't help a girl who's facing the next eight or nine months of her life. And he said, you're in your mind, you're thinking, well, give me what I need, which is a separate facility and then I'll start taking them in. But the Lord said, you're never, it's, it's backwards. He said, you start taking them in and I will en enlarge the facilities. And he said, you don't have to separate pregnant girls from girls that have other issues. He said, that's wrong thinking too. And so the Lord said to me that day, you need to repent because You've gone out and spoke out against abortion, and, and you're not doing anything to help those girls. So I'm going to give you a choice today, and I'll never forget. I, I mean, you have never been confronted unless you've been confronted by the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you right now. I, he confronted me that day so strong that I wept, and he said, I'm giving you two choices. You, you can either continue to go out and speak, but you're not allowed to speak out against abortion anymore, unless you are willing to open up the home you have now and start taking in young women facing an unplanned pregnancy. Mm. And so obviously my choice was like, I mean, he just blew up all of my perfect thinking. And I repented before God that day, Melanie, when I was praying and it was the year was 1985. And I said, Lord, I said, I repent. I'm so sorry. Would you please, please, please have, have them start calling and we'll take them. Well, the very next day, I said, I will never turn another girl, a pregnant girl away that calls. So the very next day I got a call from a pastor and he had a family in his congregation. And the, this 
the the woman's daughter was 13 years old and the 13 year old was pregnant by her mother's 37 year old boyfriend. So it was not an easy situation, but I had promised the Lord the day before. And so he said, can you help us? And I said, yes. So I set up a meeting. The 13 year old wanted to come to the home. And after that, they started calling and calling and calling and calling and I ended up, uh, God had me meet a perfect stranger on an airplane who ended up paying for expansion of the building so that we could take uh, more unwed mothers. And, and if you've read my book, Echoes of Mercy, Mercy, that story is in the book. The best. But this happened in like, I think, 86 after we had spent a year or so taking in pregnant girls. And we also had girls that like that first one, 13, she wanted, she said, I know I'm not ready to be a mom. And I can't bring this baby, even though she was 13, she had enough uh, understanding to know she that her family would be split forever if she tried to parent that child. So she placed that baby for adoption. So that was the beginning of our adoption services. And in the, in the early days, we did private adoptions through attorneys, but uh, we realized very quickly because we had, we did so many adoptions that we needed to start a licensed adoption agency. Now, um, in the beginning, it was about 50% of the girls would choose adoption and 50% would choose to parent. And we take every girl. Uh, so that was 1985, folks. Yeah. So I'm telling you, we're not reacting to Roe v. Wade being overturned on June 24th. We right. are sharing with you that we've been doing that all these years. Right. Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young women. And in the early days, as I said, the, you know, it's 50-50 would choose to parent, 50% choose to place. Nowadays, there are more young women that come to us that choose to parent, although some still do choose adoption. And um, we have uh, our facilities. If you've never visited them, they're state-of-the-art facilities. Uh, the pregnant girls that we take in from all over the United States, all 50 states uh, over the years have come to us. Uh, to the Nashville home because we have the best uh, services available. It's a 40 bed facility. I think at one time we had maybe uh, 20, half of those girls were pregnant girls. You know what? We have other facilities now. So if we end up with 40 pregnant girls at one time, that would make me happy. We'll build the Florida home. We're going to be able to be licensed to take pregnant girls over the age of 18. Minors have to come to Nashville, but in Florida, uh, as we prepare to build that home, we can take them 18 years and over there. So, and then we have the other facilities in, in this country, 40 bed facility in Sacramento. So we have plenty of places to take girls that have other issues. But today, Melanie, I specifically want to share with our listeners about what we, what our response yeah. to Roe v. Wade being overturned is. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to give the history because this is not new with us. We have found that, um, We have found that if a young woman has a practical way that she can choose life free of charge, we don't charge for any of our services that she will choose life. And for years, because we took so many pregnant girls, people thought that that's all we did is take pregnant girls. People still say that's me today. Yeah. Oh, y'all help pregnant. Right. Well, so we had, we, we, so we swung the pendulum the other way and put more focus on the other issues like eating disorders, addictions, sexual abuse, sex trafficking, all the other issues we started focusing on more. Oh, oh, and by the way, we also do unplanned pregnancy. So 
since this has been overturned, the Lord clearly spoke to me and he said, I want you to put more the, the primary focus right now on young women facing an unplanned pregnancy. And so this is the first time I've addressed this issue publicly since Roe v. Wade was overturned, because like I said, um, I didn't want to be, I didn't want it uh, to hit the send button and ask people to send us money. I mean, just to me, it just felt so wrong to do that. Lord, I don't want to do anything until you give me a plan. And, and I met with, as you know, you're one of our leaders. So I met with our leadership team and we believe here that together we have the mind of Christ. And but because I'm the only one that's been here the whole time since 1985, that 13 year old girl, by the way, that placed her baby for adoption, that baby that got placed for adoption in 1985 is now 30, 30 uh, maybe she, I think she was born right, right, right around the beginning of 86. Okay. So she is now 36 years old. Yep. That baby. Yeah. And there's been so many babies since then. And I will tell you, if you've never been to our Nashville home, we have what we call our baby wall of fame. The entire, we have, I mean, the the, uh, the hallway in our Nashville home is as long as the building is. And it's a 40-bed facility. Very, very, very long hallways. And we have l- layers and layers and layers of pictures of babies that have been saved from abortion because their mother had a practical way to choose life. Now, since we've been doing it since 1986, 85, 86, we have many of those babies have now grown up and have gotten married, Melanie, and they have their own children. And we have had people, families come from all over the United States to show their spouse and their children this is why I'm alive today because my birth mother had a practical way that she could choose life instead of abortion. And she came free of charge. And that's me. That's my baby picture on that wall. And it is just the most moving thing. Chills on my body. Yes. And so, so it's just, it's such a wonderful thing. And then, and then what God said to me, because back then, even the people that were blocking abortion clinic doors, there were also people who were like really big on pushing adoption on people, uh, on young women that would choose life. Uh, you, you're, you're too young. You shouldn't do this. You should. And the Lord said to me, don't you ever take the right of a girl away to, to choose to parent or to place. She gets to choose. Your job is to get her in, take her in free of charge. Your job is to introduce her to me. Tell her I'm not mad at her because she's pregnant. Tell her that I love her. I'm so proud of her because she chose life. And and I, and there's no shame or guilt or condemnation. Tell her that I'm going to be with her in this process. You lead her to Christ or re, get her rededicated to the Lord, whichever way. And you help her learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit so that she can hear from me what I want her to do. Interesting story. We now have two board members, our board of directors, Mercy, they're an amazing uh, group of people. We now have two board members um, who are graduates of Mercy. Mm-hmm. And uh, both came as teenagers, one at age 16 and one at age 18, um, facing an unplanned pregnancy. They walked through our doors all those years ago. And the the girl that was 16 came in thinking she was going to place her baby for adoption. She ended up parenting, and today her daughter is 24 years old. 
and works. Her mom is an amazing entrepreneur, works, has this awesome business, and her daughter works for her. And is they're all committed to the Lord, and God brought her a husband who's amazing. And then the girl that was 18 came in thinking she was going to parent. And, and I know the family well, and uh, her mother was willing to support whatever decision she made. But we made it clear to them, and our staff knows, even the counselors, we don't steer them one way or the other. They have to hear for themselves because 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're not going to be the ones laying awake at night wishing I would have done this or that. So they need to have the peace that passes all understanding to make whatever decision. So those two represent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of girls that have already come through our program, but the process is the same for each young woman. And so the girl who thought she was going to place ended up parenting because we have basic decision-making classes that we take the girls through. So they're able to make an informed decision. Plus they understand how to be led by the spirit of God so that they can do what they feel like God's telling them to do. And so the girl that thought she was going to place ended up, uh, that was going to parent ended up placing and she went back to college and got her degree. And she came and worked for Mercy. And both of those two girls worked for Mercy for a good while in our intake department. And both of them did exactly the opposite of what they thought they were going to do when they first came into the program. So all these years later now, they're married with their own families. And um, uh, the one that placed her son for adoption, he's now 20 years old. And she's happily married to a wonderful man and has three daughters who are entering, uh, one entering into her teenage years. Anyhow, it's just amazing. So those two girls are on, uh, young women, amazing young women are now on our board of directors. And who, and I think it's, they've come on, one of them came on about a year and a half, two years ago, and the other one just came on just in the last few months. And I believe that God ordained them to be on the board because as I, we had a board meeting recently and I shared with them what our vision is, which is what I'm about to share with all of you, is that we're going we're gonna to really focus nationally on this issue of young women facing an unplanned pregnancy. And here's the, the first thing that we just did. We just released a letter and a brochure being sent to approximately 3,000 crisis pregnancy centers across the country and understand that those centers and understand that those centers, you know, help the girls decide to carry their baby to full term, but they don't have places where they can come and live. So we're not duplicating any services. That's why we're sending a letter out. We just send it out offering to them. If you have a young woman who needs help, she can, uh, not only can she come to mercy free of charge and, and she'll get spiritual help. She will get all the uh, medical help, prenatal, vitamins, mm-hmm. decision counseling, meaning she will get counseled to hear the voice of God and right. pray and make her own decision. Housing for girls who want it, parenting classes, you know, all the health and wellness, all the everything. Uh, they're here 24-7. They get the very best of care, organic meals, everything. And... Um, we help them plan for whatever decision they make. And it's it's amazing. And so we're sending this letter out to all these crisis pregnancy centers, 3,000 across the United States, and we're saying to them, if, if you have a young woman who needs 
a place that needs care, our services are free of charge. And not only will we take her, but we will pay for her transportation. In most cases, it would be flights because we work with girls from all 50 states and they will be coming to our Nashville home. And so we have uh, we have started a list of people. We just started it called Carriers for Life. And we're not asking those people for any money up front. We're just asking them, can we put you on a list? Would you be willing to be a carrier for life? And what that looks like is, let's say, a crisis pregnancy center in the state of Washington has a young girl who needs help and wants to come to Mercy, but she needs get here. We will pick up the phone and call someone on that list called Carriers for Life, and we will say, hey, we've got a girl who needs to come. Her, her airline ticket is going to cost X number of dollars. We need you uh, to pay for that ticket. Are you ready to do that? And we already, like I said, it's a short list because we just started letting people know about it. But um, if you're if you're listening today and the thought of being a carrier for life, meaning uh, that you get to provide uh, the transportation for that expectant mother to come carrying her child, literally, and you will not only sit the, and, and this is what the Lord said back in the day. The, the people that were interested in adoption, they, God gave me a vision. And in this vision, I saw this pregnant girl and this mob rushing toward this girl who was pregnant. And she had her, her arms across her baby bump. And all of a sudden, that baby bump turned into a baby she was holding. And the mob just literally came at her pulled the baby out of her arms and took off with the baby and left her. She just dropped to the ground crying. I saw this in a vision and the Lord said, that's not what I want you to do. What I want you to do is make the girl, the young girl carrying the baby, your priority. And if, if you lead her, which you will, the ones that come, you lead her to Christ, teach her how to hear my voice and you, you make her the focal point. Then the baby will be taken care of as an automatic byproduct of what I do in the heart of that young woman. And as we're seeing with the two board members I just mentioned, who now are happily married with children and, and, and their, their children that they place, uh, I mean, that they gave birth to one is 24, one is 20, but it's, it's, it's about the generations Mm -hmm. because you impact the life of that young woman. And then she in turn, uh, the they the ones that choose adoption they've always chosen Christian couples so we are perpetuating perpetuating generations of blessing that's right and it, we're seeing it because of the people that come and come here and say that hey, hey son hey you know showing their children that yeah. was me yeah. that this is why I'm alive today and this is why you're alive today and this is why we serve God mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just amazing I mean there's so many there's so many places I could go to, but, but the Lord said, the only time an adoption should happen is if the young woman feels like God has spoken that to her. And, and, and if it, and if that, we don't charge for adoption either, if there's outstanding medical bills or whatever, they pay that. But mercy does not let money be a part of any of this because we're all about seeing lives transformed. And that's why people support us because they appreciate that we do it free of charge. And so many adoptive couples have been able to adopt without going into debt. 
I know Dave Ramsey would love that if he was listening today. <laughs> and by the way, we do, they do learn uh, all yep. of Dave Ramsey's financial right. peace principles as well, because we do that in every home. So that helps equip a, a young woman who chooses to parent as besides all the other things that we do. Right. So it's phenomenal. So this is, this is our response. We're going to take them in free of charge. We're going to give them a practical way that they can choose life. And the other thing we're going to do is there are sick. We have also over the years taken hundreds of young women who have had an abortion. We had two that had one had 13 abortions and one had 17 abortions because that was their birth control. And, but they internally got to the place where they couldn't stand themselves. They, they had a lot of self-hate, turned to addictions, turned to drugs, trying to numb the pain, and finally realized, I've got to get help. Some tried to commit suicide because they felt like they had taken a life or multiple lives. And so the message for you women out there who have had an abortion, I want to tell you something personal that happened with me. No, I did not have an abortion, but when I first started Mercy, uh, before we took in the first girl, the Lord had me go on a seven-day fast inside the facilities. Uh, And he said, I want you to fast people. I want you to fast telephones. I want you to fast all food. I don't want you to drink anything but water. And I want you to lock yourself up in that facility before you take the first girl for seven days because I'm going to give you some supernatural experiences so that you can understand some things that you otherwise would not understand. So probably midway through that seven-day fast, um, I heard the Lord said, I want you to go take a nap because I'm going to give you a dream. And this is very important. I had a lot of dreams and a lot of supernatural things that happened, but I'm only going to share this one because it pertains to what we're talking about right now. But in the dream, I was a very popular young teenager. I was a leader in my youth group. You know, everybody thought I was just the greatest Christian girl ever. And in this dream, I messed up and found myself pregnant, facing an unplanned pregnancy. This was a dream. And in the dream, I felt every emotion. I know I did because it's been, it was, that dream would have happened in 1982, 83, 83, beginning part of 83. And, uh, It's as real to me today Mm. as it was then. So uh, 39, almost 40 years ago, I felt all the what ifs. I felt the shame. I felt the condemnation. I felt, you know, what are people going to think about me? Because I'm supposed to be this and I'm messed up and I made this mistake. And in the dream, Melanie, I made the decision with all that pressure on me and all the, the worried about what people would say and think. Um, I made the decision to get the abortion. Now, I woke up at that point. Uh, so I didn't experience what it was like to get an abortion, but I experienced what it was like and ended up making, I had already in the dream made that decision. I made it. So so that's what I was going to do. When I woke up, the Lord said, you will never have an abortion, but you need to understand what it's like for those who are in the situation so that you never judge anybody. I meet people where they are. You know, Christians were so, we don't need to be pointing the finger at anybody that's ever had an abortion or multiple abortions. We, we, our program is for you too. If yeah. you had, 
an abortion or, or, or more than one and, and, and you're struggling with it, our age group for residential is 13 to 32. But we also have other ways we can help people that are older yeah. and um, through our outreach. So what I want to say to you is if you've had, if that's a secret in your life, like I, pre, uh, I was speaking at a church years ago and I spoke about that very thing that the enemy torments us with the secrets that we keep. Or if we don't deal with things that we know that we did that we now think are wrong, maybe didn't think it was wrong at the time, but now we realize it was wrong. We have a regret. If we don't deal with that and let God heal us from that, it, it causes continual issues. Right. And so I was speaking about that in this church and the pastor's wife drugged me backstage into a coat closet shut the door and told me she had an abortion so all these years ago and she had never even told her husband and she was tormented by so everything i said and so we were so i was able to help her understand that i didn't condemn her god's not condemning her he loves you just as much uh after the abortion as he did before the abortion and he loves you so much right now that he had me come and share this because he wanted you to be able to get healed and your secret that will no longer have the power to torment you if you're willing to go to your husband, share. And he responded to her with such love and compassion and she got so set free. And that's what God wants to do for every woman out there who may be struggling because of a choice they made that they now wish they hadn't made. So that's the message. We're, that's part of our pregnancy services is for women that have, had abortions and you need help. We're here for you too. And if you're out there and uh, you're one, I'm going to give my my personal email address out that comes straight to my phone. I normally don't do that, but I'm going to do it today. You're listening to this show and you say, "Hey, I want to be a carrier for life. I want my want my name to be on that list so you can call me and I'll pay for an airline ticket for a girl to come and choose life." Uh, my personal email, if, you, if you're if you one of those people, email me at n, n as in Nancy, n alcorn, a-l-c-o-r-n, at mercymultiplied.com. That comes straight to my phone. Or if you are facing an unplanned pregnancy and you want to talk to me immediately, shoot me an email, give me your phone number, I will personally call you. Thirdly, if you're out there and you've had an abortion in the past and you want to talk to me because you know that I'm not judging you because I've already told you I, in my dream, I was getting an abortion in my dream. And so I, I felt the feelings that I know you must have felt. So if you want to talk to me, email me in allcorn at mercymultiplied.com and give me your phone number and I will personally call you because I am on a mission Melanie to help someone in the situation to help someone who may have been in the situation years ago and they're still struggling so so it's it's all about love and compassion I can't I know that we know that abortion takes the life of a child but I we don't use language like murderers and killers and all that because in my dream I was one of those people and I don't want to be called that you know what God knew the situation you were in and he understood the decision you made when you made it. And he wants to minister healing to you if you need it. And so do we. So we're going to be God's arm extended in this. Um, we're here for you. We love you guys. And if you know someone facing an unplanned pregnancy, we would love for them to come and spend that entire time 
with us and and once they have their child if they've decided to parent they will be well equipped and well prepared to leave uh with their baby as soon as they give birth and if they choose adoption they will get to choose the adoptive couple that's right so that's how we do it y'all i know she's serious about this because i was nancy's assistant at one time and she does not give out that email address to just anybody and everybody so i um Man, Nancy, I just, I know that you do not like to receive your own personal praise or recognition, but just as I listened to you, I just thought about that moment in 1985 and just the willingness to say yes to God. You are always asking people who's on the other side of your obedience to God and the countless people. I was picturing the baby wall in my mind, like all of those babies are here walking around this earth. And, and those women and then now their kids and their grandkids, I mean, like you said, generations have been impacted by that decision. And I that alone is inspirational to hopefully every person listening right now. Um, but also, I just, I'm just grateful to be part of a place. And again, this was just because this is what the Lord gave to you. I just, everything that you have shared today just feels so in alignment with the heart of God. It's just... It's his character and his goodness and his love and his grace and his compassion, free will, choice. Everything just seems so in line um, with who he is in his heart. And so I know that everyone on staff, everyone who even gives to this organization, for if you give to Mercy, you are giving towards this happening. I mean, yeah, that's right. none of this is happening without <clears throat> just the generosity of countless donors um, around the world, and so you're part of that. Well, here's here's something to it. This just happened to me today, right before I came over to do this podcast with you. I was signing a thank you letter for someone who sent us a generous gift, and uh, and our development team is so great. They leave me notes so that I know, you know. And this is this marked this couple's twentieth anniversary. Mm of giving to mercy. So I said, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're aware, but this year is your 20th anniversary of giving to mercy. And I just want to personally thank you. And for that couple, although I did not say it for the last 20 years, every young woman who's come here facing an unplanned pregnancy, uh, uh, or coming here to get healed from an abortion, their support has been a part of that. That's right. That's right. There are countless people who have been part of that and have had that privilege. You have wonderful staff here. I have never worked directly with our pregnant residents or in the home, but just being around this and part of this is such an honor for so many people. So thank you for your obedience to God in 1985. And then fast forward to today and you again, seeking the Lord and not, we're, we're not changing anything. No, we're just, we're just stepping it up. in. I think what you feel like the Lord has really placed on your heart in this specific season of time. Right. We're, 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 it, we've done it all along, but the Lord says, seize the moment right. to make aware, all these crisis pregnancy centers across the country aware. And if you are listening to this podcast, please share it with your friends. Yeah. We may have you, you they may have a daughter facing an unplanned pregnancy. They may have a daughter that's had an abortion that's hurting. They may want to be a carrier for life and help make it possible for a young woman and the child to get here. And so there's just so many potential uh, ways that people can get involved. So uh, please, please, please share this podcast and maybe we'll post it more than once, but I just really want people to hear this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I received a 
a prophetic word recently that God was going to open up opportunities for me to go on uh, talk shows and, and as a guest to be able to share this vision. And I've had people tell me mercy multiplied, even though we've been next year will be our 40th year that we're, we're still one of the best well-kept secrets in the country. (laughs) And I'm on a mission to stop that. That's good. Good. That's great. And I hope, I hope for all of you who are listening today, um, I know that the, I think it was the Sunday morning after Roe v. Wade was overturned in our class at my church, everybody just felt like it was, we just need to talk about how we feel about this decision being overturned. And we kind of start, as our conversation went on, we started realizing, hey, this isn't really changing anything. Us just talking about whether or not we like it or we're mad or we shouldn't or we need to or whatever isn't doing anything right now. And so there was that moment even in our room that we were like, man, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? This is what has happened. This is the reality of our world. This is this is a decision that has been made. And what is the Lord now calling us to do in yes. that? And so... I encourage everyone listening to ask that same question. And maybe what the Lord will call you to do is to get involved in some way. Maybe it's being a carrier for life. Maybe it's sharing this podcast. Maybe it's just uh, stepping in. And and if there's a woman that you know who is struggling, sending her our way. Like there are so many ways that you can help. And I want to make sure that for other organizations that may have access to this podcast, I want you to know that I'm not saying that what you're doing is wrong. It's like the body of Christ. Many members, one body, everybody has a part. This just happens to be our part. Yes. But we want to work together with all of you. For example, I have a very good friend. I guess she would call herself an activist for life. Mm -hmm. And she is very influential with political leaders to get them to vote a certain way. That is important as well. That's just not the part God's called me to. God said, but you can bring those people in and demonstrate to them what your part is. And they can be inspired to refer those young women here that need our help. So good. So good. So pray about that. Seek the Lord in that. Nancy, thank you so much for being with us today, just for the inspiration that you are to every single one of us. Thank you. And I would ask lastly that if you're listening to this, please pray. Please pray because our prayers can reach the hearts and lives of those young girls who were in the dream like me and I was getting ready to make the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And as we pray and as we, you know, reach out with love and compassion towards all people, whether they've chosen life or whether they had an abortion, we need to love everyone the same because God loves them the same. But if they need us, we're here. Please, please, please. And that email address, uh, once again, is nalcorn at mercymultiply.com. It comes straight to my phone. That's right. We hope you guys have been encouraged and inspired by this conversation today. If you even just want to find out more about our program, the services that we offer, you can take a virtual tour of our home. You can get so much information about our program at mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on social media at Mercy Multiplied. So um, again, Nancy, it's been great to have you. Thank you so much for all of you for joining us today.